right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. I was just saying, Cynthia, to the folks on uh, Facebook and Instagram, spontaneity is truly the spice of life, because I've got to tell you, I'm on the phone with Lori, I got Cynthia Sue Larson here, and I'm talking to the journeyers, and I'm saying, I didn't even know StreamYard existed two days ago, and look at us here. I am so thrilled. I want to send a shout out to StreamYard immediately. Welcome, everybody, to Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks Live, our very first live with a guest. Thank you, StreamYard. You're awesome. Welcome, Cynthia. We've just been yapping and yapping, and I'm watching the clock going, uh-uh, time yeah. to go. Let's do this. <laughs> Good to see you. you. Oh, doing great. Thank you. Although it's been kind of a bumpy ride energy-wise lately, as most people that are sensitive would acknowledge. So, right. Yeah. We, were just, we were just talking about that off, off air, and I have to say, so a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about a spiritual, I'm not going to say meltdown, I'm going to say spiritual emergency, also known as spiritual emergence. Uh, but it's been emotionally pretty, pretty heavy uh, lately. Yeah. So uh, how, what are you thinking? And I'm looking at. Well, we've got uh, lots of things going on. The factors, including, of course, I, I love to discuss Dr. Carl Kalman's research. He's the Swedish physicist who has noticed that as of October 28th, 2011, we really went into this ninth wave where every two weeks the energies are changing and you can actually see this historically. You can look at like there was the March on Washington and just ever since mm. end of 2011, there's been a lot happening. And so we're in it, the thick of it right now. Like sometimes it takes a while till a pattern really, it's like music or anything else. Like right. now we can really feel it and it's just vibrating like crazy. So there seems like a lot of chaos, a lot of interference, but as always, love is the coherence that holds us together and that helps us stay on track with where we're really going and what we Absolutely. actually care about, regardless what it looks like. You said, let's see if I, I hope I wrote this down, something about love, love stops all interference. Am I right? Love yes. stops all interference. Yes, we're going through a lot of interference. We're going through a lot of interference and I want to dive right into this, uh, Cindy. I, okay, journeyers, you get, you get a, to know a little secret. I call her Cindy. She looks like a Cindy. <laughs> Cynthia, Cindy. We're going to dive right into this interference. I think that's a good segue because we are going through what appears to be an exorbitant amount of interference, an exorbitant amount of shifting, changing the good, the bad, the indifferent. It's all there. And I know you just mentioned 2011, but this is a whole new or different layer of intensity that I don't know that anyone on this planet has ever seen before. Right. But in, and we, we've been talking about this for months. I've been pretty, pretty close to pretty sticking pretty tight to the to the topic here. And I think I probably will for the foreseeable future. But within the context of Mandela effects, this is what we're going to get right into. I know that's why some of you here. In fact, I want to send a shout out. Montreal 11. Welcome back. I remember you from two weeks ago. Welcome back, Daz, Doreen. Welcome, everyone. Jean, so happy to see you all here. Um, we're talking Mandela effects, Cynthia. And as I have said to the journeyers, and I have been fairly public about since the beginning of all of this, in the midst of the madness is magic. And to me, that magic has a metaphysical uh, potency that's going along with it. All things that we consider to be uh, metaphysical, uh, some say paranormal, I don't like that word, metanormal, let's just say, including Mandela effects. And so I have been, for every guest that I have that, researchers in this area of what uh, Linda Moulton Howe calls high strangeness, I, I've been posing the question, how are you experiencing these sorts of things within this very, very potent period of time? Has anything shifted? Has it accelerated? Oh gosh! Let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah, for me, it's been exciting because I've been researching, you know me, I've been researching reality shifts, which is now definitely the Mandela effect is the term that I first heard Art Bell use for to describe it back in 2001, April really? 2001. Yeah. So he's, when people say Fiona Broom coined it, she popularized it right. because by that time in 2010, people were ready for it. But Art Bell really, I'd like to give him credit. He said it on air, it's recorded. He says, would you call this? He was talking to me, Cynthia, would you call this the Mandela effect? And he's talking about Nelson Mandela 
having died in prison, and then people noticed he's alive. He never died in prison. Why do we remember that? So I personally, in the last, uh, we've had a conference that happened in, in June. I want to talk about that, the IMEC. We're yeah. going to get to that. We're going to get so, to that. Yeah. So I, I'm going to cover the news since the conference, like what happened after the conference. And for me personally, I found two more researchers that never existed that in my sphere of knowledge. And it's like they popped into existence. This is another kind of Mandela effect where you, it's not just that dead people are alive again. Sometimes you'll see someone and you know for sure you would have heard of this researcher. And in my case, two of them. Um, Mary Rose Barrington, she's no longer with us. She was in her 90s and passed away a few years ago, but she w went to the University of Oxford and she studied, uh, she was the president of the Society for Psychical Research. Yes, I'm familiar. <laughs> okay, but I didn't know that she had a whole genre of ideas all about reality shifts. No one told me about it. In all the 20 years I've been doing this, no one mentioned it. Maybe she existed for others, but she's new to me. So she now, there, there's a book where she wrote about just one of those things, Jot, which is basically, it's reality shifts, but it's not on the scale of the Mandela effects we know, but I love it because it gives us hundreds of years of historical background mm. to draw from. So no longer can people say, well, this thing just, just started recently, right when they fired up CERN, then mm. stuff started getting weird. Like, no, it's been around a long time. And now we've also got a second researcher. I said there were two of them. And there's a Dr. Tony Jinks from the Western Sydney University. So he's in Australia and he's a neuroscientist. So both, I mean, I had never heard of this, either of them. And now there are two of them that are associated with universities. They have a similar kind of wording system that I, that very similar to what I've came together and put together 20 years ago. They were documenting cases similarly to the way that I do it. And I've got 20 years of online documented histories. So for me, this was epic in terms of my sphere of, you know, what, what Mandela effects affect me. This is big and I love it and it's very good. I think you're discovering those two individuals may be a little Mandela effect in and of itself. One minute they're not there and the next they are, seriously. That's what I'm, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. that's for me. Yeah, I mean, me when, when you yeah. really think about these scenarios, there may be other aspects of the Mandela effect that we're not even really recognizing. Right. In that regard, I want to I want to get to uh, an article that I just found, Cynthia, on Healthline.com. Interestingly, I think it was published in March of this year. I want to read, and it's going to be one of those articles, Healthline of all uh, uh, magazines, I guess you could say, and it's called the Mandela effect. How false memories occur. I'm going to read this to you, and uh, I'm going to ask you if you would just maybe give an answer to what they have to say. It's actually a bit deplorable in the, the way they wrote it, but I'm just going to read the, the front, the, the beginning of the article and the very end. So it starts out by saying, film producer Robert Evans famously said, there are three sides to every story, your side, my side, and the truth. Evans had it right in some respects, as people can mistakenly create false or pseudo memories. This is the case for the Mandela effect. The Mandela effect occurs when a large group of people believe an event occurred when it did not. There are many examples of the Mandela effect in popular culture. This article will explore why and how these false memories occur. I did not go through it. It's relatively short, but I'm going to get to the bottom line. It says bottom line. The Mandela effect is an unusual phenomenon where a large group of people remember something differently than how it occurred. Conspiracy theorists believe this is proof of an alternate universe, while many doctors use it as an illustration of how imperfect memory can be sometimes." End quote. Right. Your response. Well, I told you, I've, um, I've got a wild card that I'm going to bring up another doctor, <laughs> but I'm going to go back now to, I just mentioned Tony Jinks. He's a neuroscientist. He specifically, when he wrote his book, which is all about um, disappearing object phenomena, because he's a neuroscientist, guess what? Good news for us. He actually has determined that the people that experience the Mandela effect, basically, are no different than those who do not in terms of the way their memory works. But yet, they are seeing things that in, in such a way that they'll acknowledge, for example, our kidneys have moved. You and I have talked about that one. Yes. 
Yes. And that's that's huge. This is not simply yours, mine, and the Talk truth. Talk about that, Cynthia. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> For the folks that maybe were not on the last uh, conversation we had, I believe it was the last interview we did, and I think there's a link in the description. But can you explain? We're talking about bodily organs being moved. You may Absolutely. be saying, huh? Explain, please. Okay. So with the Mandela effect, because there's this so-called, you can all use the term that they're using. What do they call it? Memory distortion. Okay. That's fine. It's not, it's not too loaded a word, so I'm okay with it. So you might recognize, like, I have a memory, but it's different than what we now know the truth to be. Because if anybody, if you ask yourself right now, where are my kidneys? And you didn't happen to hear this previous conversation that you and I had, Alexis, people can put their hands right over to protect your kidneys right now. If you're doing what I'm doing, your hands are now kind of where you'd rest them if you've hiked up a big hill and you just need to take a break for a minute. They're um, back in your lower back area. And we know this also, if you do martial arts like I do, if you follow boxing, you know what a kidney punch is and why not to do it. It's hitting that same lower back area and it's considered very dangerous because you could conceivably uh, damage the kidneys to the point that the individual that's been struck might start uh, urinating blood. And that would be a bad sign because then you know they could die very soon. So a lot of us remember all these little details and then the reason I'm mentioning it is if you look it up now, you'll see the kidneys are no longer and never have been located where we remember the kidney punch, where we cover our kidneys. Um, it doesn't make sense anymore. All of that has moved. So the kidneys are now up, up, up under the relative safety of the rib cage. People going to see a doctor for a kidney checkup usually now apparently are approached from the front side, not the back side. I, I have talked to an individual she was shocked because she had always remembered she'd gone to see her doctor for her annual kidney review. She had a kidney issue and they would always look at her. They'd say, lie down on your stomach on the table. This time they said, um, we, you know, lie down on your back. She said, my back, why? And, and she was very confused. Like, why are we doing it differently now? And that was a few <laughs> years ago. So this, a lot of people have noticed this, but with the Mandela effect, people notice these things at different times, really showing us that there appear to be bubbles of reality. So I was going to ask a question next. That's another newbie uh, for me, Journeyers. I had a wonderful conversation with Cynthia just a day or two ago, and you brought up the term bubble reality. Why don't you explain that? Uh, and you know what? If uh, anyone has heard that term before, give me a thumbs up because I had never heard it before. What is bubble reality? I, I like to think of it in a quantum physics term as subjective observation. So I like to immediately map it onto something that we can see in quantum physics because it gives us another viewpoint, if you will. And what we've seen um, in the, we've talked about this too, I believe in a past discussion that we now know for sure that in the, in the realm of quantum physics, there is no such thing as some objective reality. There is no third truth that's true for everyone in the room. That little myth has been busted by quantum physics laboratory tests, uh, which were reported on last year in 2019 from work done in 2018 at the University of, um, uh, let's see, Edinburgh, Aust uh, Scotland was working in conjunction with Vienna, Austria. That's it. So okay. they, it was a collaborative effort and they really did a great job showing that these two observational devices that are equally trustworthy are not um, you would expect that if there was such a thing as the third truth, and it's true for all of us. That's what's when classical science has stomped on quantum physics and said that's the way it is. We're going to have our classical view no matter what. We are king, you know. But that's not the way it is. And actually, it really strongly supports the fact that when you've got two observational devices giving two different reports at the same place, same time, then you no longer have an objective reality. You've got bubbles of reality. And that's what it's looking like. Uh, that's not a term used in that science report, but that is for those of us who experience reality shifts and the Mandela effect, we are pretty certain, a lot of us, myself included, that we're not just misremembering. It, this is far beyond that. Of course, we can misremember. So you need to factor that out. But the groups, large groups of people misremembering. This the kidneys? What, yeah, so, what's with yeah. that? Why, why would we do that? Why, what on earth would possess us to be so afraid to get hit with a kidney punch and now it's not an issue. So there's absolutely something going on. I recall we had a, we've had so many interviews at this point, maybe two shows ago, you brought up what's now famously known as what was in the Bible when the lion lays down with the lamb of which many, not only uh, uh, 
devotees of Christianity know, but clergy themselves. And invariably, it's different. I went to my mother's old, old Bible, and it does not say the lion lays down with the lamb. What does it say? The wolf. So it's now always been the wolf. How how do we explain that? Now, I know juniors, we're supposed to be talking about some new discoveries, but I think it's good to really get into just going over just the, the phenomena, the phenomenological aspect of this in general will never get old to me. How do you explain that? I mean, that's that had probably for me out of all of the Mandela effects that I am aware of, that one floored me the most. I purposely went to an old, old Bible that my mother, my grandfather gave to my mother when she was a teenager. And lo and behold, it says, when the wolf lays down with the lamb, what is happening? Well, <laughs> now you, you, you've answered it yeah, before, yeah. but you got, I, I don't know how many different ways I can ask the question because it's that perplexing. Well, that's the good thing. It's supposed to invite us. I think the phenomenon itself is an invitation to ask us why, like, why is this happening? We're supposed to pay attention. It's supposed to be the alarm clock waking us up to recognizing right. something is going on. So pay attention. And I personally don't believe in succumbing to fear. Remember, that's the that's the noise, that's the interference. We want to go to love, which is the coherence, bring it together. So if you look at the love in that message, it's now the wolf and has always been the wolf. But we remember a lion. See, that's what's cool. When you remember something, it's like there's something beautiful about our memory, our collective shared memory, which is not simply delusional. Um, to me, it's bringing up a new form of play, playfulness with the universe. So illusion is just a word for playing and creating through play. And so we talk about illusion and delusion, but I'd rather go into really verillusion, truth, playing with truth and, and bringing it into a new form of reality. And that's what we're doing with the Mandela effect. It's, it's noticing, okay, so maybe collectively we, I don't know, you can look around and point fingers and blame people for doing this, but I, I know, and I think most of us on your channel know, um, but does that ever really work? Can we ever really point our fingers and say they did this to us? Um, mm -hmm. it, it sort of seems to work for a little while. But if you're on a spiritual journey, and most of us on the, that are journeyers with you are on a spiritual journey, then hopefully we're recognizing if there's going to be some power, you know, the powers that be, it's going to be something greater than um, anything that would cause trouble or harm to us, that it's bringing us playfully into a new appreciation of reality. And if that's happening, then it gets exciting because then why, what's the message of the wolf? What's it showing us? And mm, Interesting. That's an interesting spin on it. I want to yeah. go back a little bit to something that you said, Cynthia, about as an example, when the lion uh, or the wolf lays down with the lamb, I'm getting confused. You said it's always been that way, but Here's another, this is a way I've sort of looked at the Mandela effect as a possibility. Was it always that way? And somehow, particularly within the context of a holographic model, it changed, including the print on a page. Now that, uh, you know, looking at memory and uh, having a collective different memory than something that actually was is one aspect of the anomaly. But there's another that I think uh, I'd love to know if you've explored, and that is, could the reality have changed? That at one well, point yes. did say, In when the lion. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're noticing that it changed. What I'm suggesting and what my work has been suggesting through my books, Reality Shifts and Quantum Jumps, my, my, I, I leave it open to people making their own decision. But what I am actually showing that what it looks like to me is that we, in the form of consciousness, are making these jumps to various physical realities. Those are levels of vibration. You have to recognize everything in reality is vibration. We agree, agree on that. Yeah, we know that. Everything is interconnected and everything's in a process of change. So when you've got these three factors playing into, it's like it's all in play now. It looks to me a lot like we're in some kind of a holographic multiverse. And I know those two theories don't usually go together, but to me, they kind of have to. Because, I think they do. I absolutely yeah. do. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah. Well, David Bohm, David Bohm was a great, brilliant physicist who came up with the holographic universe concept. And that would mean everything is connected and everything's in process, in flow. And the indigenous people around the world recognize that when they have languages that are verb based. We have a, a problem in our Western English language because mm -hmm. we put things in nouns. Yes. I think we can understand. Uh, what, what, let's review our three points again. Everything is what? It's vibration. 
everything's interconnected, everything's changing. If you try to noun this into an understanding, you're going to fail every time. You're going to end up um, feeling like, what's going on here? But if you use verbs, and that's the key that David Bohm was looking at toward the end of his life, doing dialogues with indigenous native people, um, some of which I attended when they opened up to the public. It was a great experience. Uh, but that's that. then you recognize we can see the world totally differently. And when you see it through these indigenous eyes through, and that's every continent, that's like all of the First Nations people uh, that really, and some of them are quite deep, like they would know about extraterrestrial truths. They would know about sure. other star systems. Yeah. So these are not backwards people. And in addition to knowing about these um, great, these things that there's no way they so, should have known, they, they definitely knew that that we're connected, we're, we're changing, everything's changing. These miracles happen, these, I think they were observing the bubble realities and that's what the shamans would work with. Yeah, that's my take on it, yeah. Reality is a process, not a noun. I knew that's where you were going. I think that's a very powerful thing. Look, everyone, this is a postulate, like you said, that is, to me, perennial wisdom, that which the the uh, our, uh, the ancient civilizations, our elders, our ancestors, the indigenous people have known and have lived by for years, and yet we have become so divorced from it, not all, but too many. I hope and pray that your work and others like you in this area will help to bring us back to a space of remembering, rejoining that, that perennial wisdom. So yeah. it's really important, I think, I'm going to say it again like a broken record. I feel that now what we're going through is tumultuous as it seems. I'm liking it to the, the birth canal being very painful to come through. We're literally being rebirthed, reborn, forgive, forgive the cliche, painful. But once we're reborn into a new uh, form of, of self, perhaps the very things that we're talking about uh, will we'll have recognition, the rewords uh, about. So... Let's talk about IMEC for, for all y'all out there. IMEC is the International Mandela Effect Conference in its what, second year? Just finished uh, second? It's literally in its first year because we didn't oh, really get, yeah, uh, we met last year, but we uh, got along so well and there was like an egoless level of participation and cooperation that's what we need for this, yeah. um, this era in human's history. We can no longer be fixated on like my message and. I'm the big Absolutely. tool or something. So tell, <laughs> us about, tell us about IMAC. And it's, it happened a couple of weeks ago. We'll have, make sure to have a link uh, for, because uh, you can still go to the website and uh, look into it. But just to show you how formidable this subject has become, Journeyers, a conference with academicians, the likes of which you've never seen, participated. Tell us about how that went and what it was, what was presented. Okay, well, this conference, it started, um, we had the foundational members from last year. So we had Christopher Anatra, the quantum businessman. We had our MC was uh, Jerry Darkwolf Hicks. We also had uh, Shane of Unbiased and on the Fence YouTube channel, Shane Robinson. Uh -huh. And Kimberly Lynn Hansen, a Canadian artist who comes and just brings her way of living and being to demonstrate the Mandela effect. Mm -hmm. So all of that happened. In addition, we had this year, now that we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, um, Regina Meredith was our keynote speaker. And yeah. she, she was brilliant. She, she, she brings such um, heart, love, and intelligence and such wisdom, you know, with humility. So she set the right tone. And then we started the conference off on day one of six days with Akranos Mago, who was able to bring gifts and monetary prizes for recipients of um, who engaged in the free app that he has. To, mm -hmm. It's called thetastream.app. Um, and basically it gives people the chance to test their own psychic and intuitive oh, abilities. Great. Yeah. And it's, it's, you can just go into a meditation, watch your numbers bubble off the chart. And I did that and I was like, whoa, I'm, I don't want to, I didn't mean to win a prize. <laughs> let me get, let me get out of this. But it was so cool to try it so out. So tell me, what was, I, I really want to, um, and I was actually, Higher Journeys was a sponsor, and unfortunately I wasn't able to, it was a virtual conference this year because yes. of the new landscape, but uh, I wasn't able to really participate in the way I, I'd like to, other than the banner being there and supporting it. But we're talking about a conference that brought in quite a few uh, uh, well-read individuals in this area. What would you say was the most, I, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot, most rep revelatory 
or powerful or even new thing uh, as it relates to Mandela effects to, to, to be proffered. That's a, I mean, there, I'd give prizes in different categories. Um, I think in terms of a Mandela effect occurred in this talk, that would be Shane Robinson. <laughs> he wins that one. And he gave a talk where he was showing the love map he'd created in the last conference in Idaho. It had already changed between November 2019 and June 2020. So even when he's pointing at, look, it's changed. Uh, what he's pointing at, it's even changed at the, yet again. So I, I think that totally like wins like Mandela effect occurred in this talk. So that was awesome, epic. Um, hmm. I'm really impressed with, um, we had a speaker this year that we didn't have last year. And this is Moneybag73 from the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. you so if you know him that way. Yeah, yeah, Evan Matreya, right. Yeah. And he does um, he does a monthly Mandela Effect show with um, AJ on Rip and Rabbit, one of our other sponsors. So when Evan talked, he talked about the work of Dr. Carl Kalman, and he talked about how what's really going on in the times and why the Mandela Effect is something that the ancients did expect. This is not an unexpected chaos. It's something that was um, basically you know, spoken about in advance. And it was known that the, the nature of, you know, what would be coming would be a new way of seeing things. And then he also presented some of the work of Dr. Carl Kalaman. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that really was, um, that would suit the people who are hardcore Mandela effect fans that just want, they're just like, hit me with the new ones, hit me with the new ones. Well, and speaking of, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm looking at the chat because I know we're going to have to get to questions. Someone oh, yes, we actually should. asking that question right now. This is Daz who's asking, can we have some newer examples of uh, the Mandela effect? Do you have any? Putting on um, my, my thing is I basically, you know, I track a lot of different things so, and I've been tracking it for 20 years. So for me, um, it's not, I think when we focus on that, it's, you don't want to get too distracted by that. I mean, now I sound like the Tibetan Buddhists that say that, you know, right. for the last thousands of years. They say, don't get don't get distracted by shiny. Um, it's fun. Mm -hmm. And it, you can do it a little bit, but you don't want to get stuck there because, you know, there's kind of a downside. Sure. So in terms of new, um, you know, I told you what was new for me, but I think the ones that people are still looking at would be, um, and it's hard to know when they really catch hold. Remember, with the Mandela effect, some people say, like, I saw that one years ago. And, and then that you get people getting in fights and scuffles, like, I saw that first. No, you didn't. And, you know, what's the point? And then sometimes their videos vanish. And it's like, I did report that. Now it's gone. You got to believe me. So it's a lot of crazy comes in when you start saying, like, what is new? So um, now that I've <laughs> deflated that. Uh, there, there, I think, there's I think the, there's kidney, the kidney story is relatively new, Daz. I don't know, had you... Heard that before has anyone hands up again or thumbs up if you had heard that that somehow some way we have been anatomically changed or we have a memory of being different that's one of the newer ones for me i'll i'll, I'll add one actually okay it's not necessarily that new this may have been a year ago i have had at least i want to say several people swear that i interviewed joe dispenza joe if you're listening you know what that means wink <laughs> but it's true <laughs> and and we're even able to quote some of the things that we talked about i right. said no, no no it's not me yes i know it was you you interviewed joe dispenza to the point where it got me thinking now i know i'm not that old <laughs> where my memory is going but no i have not so there's one isn't that interesting that's a great one to ask people watching right now because they could put that in the chat. You know, they could. Uh, yeah, well, you, you're you're listening, guys. Let, let me know. Have you heard me interview Joe Dispenza? And, and if you say yes, the answer, what's really happening is that you're time jumping because that's going to happen in the future. That's the key. Yeah, that's what we're doing. And that's the real new technology um, that's yeah. happening here. So um, the, the kind of reports that I've been getting that I tend to get through my newsletter are much more personal Mandela effects. And those are the ones that really convince people that this is real. Um, because when you're, I think more than anything, it's when it happens to you and you're like, no, wait a minute. I know this, I, like, I know this person was dead. My aunt told me now they're alive again. That kind of thing is just mind blowing. Um, or for me, a knob on a dial works differently. That, those personal Mandela effects, I think, are quite riveting as, as are flip-flops where you'll see it go one way and then the other like costco um from i did see costco the, the business without the t I, I remember seeing that and thinking why are they spelling it badly like i don't know i i, I didn't really get a chance to fix i was busy i was like running around like why is everyone spelling it costco what is this 
And then mm -hmm. uh, next time I looked, it's back to Costco with the T, so, as if nothing had ever happened. This happens a lot. And so for me, that one happened a, a few years ago. Um, these are noticed by people at different times too. So what might be new for one person is not new for another. But so those big ones, um, they include logos. Their um, historical events can be affected. Something new to me was I recently heard someone had um, three, there were like three groups of people remembering what happened with the tank man at Tiananmen Square in China. Uh, one group of people said, well, the tank man, he's, he's carrying his bag of groceries. He's marching, you know, st he's standing in front of this line of tanks and they stop, they slow down, they stop. And then he climbs up on the tank and you know, the hatch opens. And uh, one person said, this is AJ on the Rip on Rabbit show. He said, he remembers that there was a hug. And a lot of people said they too remembered, yeah, there was a hug. Some people remember the tank man got run over and then it's like scene missing, we can't show this on TV. It's like, well, that's what happened in China when you dare to protest. This, this is a very ancient scene, you know, historical kind of Mandela effect. Mm -hmm. But there's a third group that remembers what now apparently has always been true, that tank, tank man climbs up on the tank, the hatch opens, they wave at each other and that's it. So it's like three different endings to this Right. scenario and that's and that definitely if there if you remember one of those three that's not waving then your mandela effect affected right there so that's new to me you know in the last week or two mm -hmm. i hadn't heard that i hadn't heard there were three different possible endings on that one yeah. oh yeah. and i've got another big one here we go we're on a roll now okay. <laughs> well that one reminded me of another one because money bags i want to credit him with this he brought up this is evan matreya he said do you remember on easter island those big tall statues right mm -hmm. the big guys do you remember what they're what they looked like how much of them is showing what's showing you remember so wh what do you remember showing oh you're asking me uh-huh oh and people can type it in chat right now. What yeah, let's ask. Let's ask the journeyers. Why don't you repeat that just in just in case? So they... Easter Easter Island is famous for some gigantic. I wish I could image sculpture up. carvings. Yeah, yeah. They're you cute. all know what it is. Yeah, you know what it is. It's that <laughs> that mystery of where did these come from and what are they doing there, right. and they're all kind of facing the same direction. You remember that you can see their faces. What mm -hmm. else do you remember seeing? How much is showing? What is showing? Okay, so everyone got a chance to. I'm going to put it to the journeyers. I'm not even going to. Come on. Get, from the chest. Okay, so Kathy is saying from the chest up or just the head? I guess that's a question. From so the that's chest. What they remember, up. Like you're remembering the chest and the head, kind of shoulders and head kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I remember. Do you remember? Okay, now I'm going to give. I, the, I'm I gonna, remember. I remember. I'm thinking landscape, water. Okay. But do you remember anything about what's in the statue itself? Because I'll say one more thing. And, Very and elongated faces, and uh, no, I'm going to be frank. I'm I'm kind of I can see, I can see it generally. I see them lined up, and they're very elongated faces and facing a certain direction in all together. But other right. than that, come on, journey, just the head. Okay, yeah, so that's good. That, those are good answers. Uh, Ward is saying the whole body. That's been recently discovered. But um, but what I'm getting at is there's something that no one's mentioned yet, which is very interesting. No one's mentioned it. So I'll just ask the question, which is going to be a reveal. Does anyone remember that they're all wearing the red hats? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, now now if you look it up, it's like they got these little red hats on. Okay. I've got I seriously don't. That. Yeah, I do not remember that. I'm looking it up, journeyers. Does anyone remember the red hats? I think we know the answer to that. I don't, yeah. Really? Really, and this is just a classic kind of a Mandela effect. Uh, this one I think did happen just recently, Definitely. at least I've never heard. This is credit to Moneybag73, reporting it on uh, the Rippin' Rabbit Common Sense radio show. Oh wait, I'm with looking at the wrong thing here. Keep talking, East, I'm gonna, we're talking I'm Easter, Easter Island. Easter Island. Yeah. Easter because to me, if I, I think there would have been a memory of the of like what kind of hats are these? It would have been a clue to their culture, their civilization. What's the significance of the hat? Does that does it look Asian? Does it look you know? They would be analyzing it. Like, does this tell us about the people of Easter Island? I would have remembered a lot more detail. Like, oh, the 
the sociologists and archaeologists would go into town. I don't know if I can do this. That's probably not going to work. And if I knew this nice little platform a little better, I could put it on the screen. I don't yes. see. Let me move it over. But you can describe what you're seeing. They, they do well, look like cats. I, don't, <coughs> I see one that has what looks like a basket on their head. But Yeah, then people would say, "That's what do, you, what do you mean, hat? That's a basket. You know, there'd be conversations about it. Okay, so Enlightened Life is saying, my sister-in-law had an Easter Island themed party <laughs> in 2007, and the hats were stone-colored. Okay. So as usual, we may have people like, I remember the hats, but the color has changed or the cats look different or I don't remember any hats at all. For me, I don't remember any hats at all. So okay. fair enough. Yeah. Lori just but, texted me and said, we can see it. Oh, the, I guess the image. Okay, Lori, listen, we're about, oh my God, we're 35 minutes in and I want to get to some questions. So speaking of Lori, you there, girlfriend? Absolutely. Okay. I'm seeing the, the comments flying by in the chat and I, Okay, Catherine's saying no red hats. What are you, what are you uh, getting, uh, Lori? Do you have any questions that are coming in that we can pose to Cynthia? I do, and I think the first one is from Elegant Paws. Love that name. Hi, Elegant Paws. I love says, Elegant <laughs> Why are we cognitively recognizing the shift? Are we consciously evolving? Good question. And this, you know, this is my, I love that, that theory that we are consciously evolving, and it does tie in with what I've been tracking for 20 years. I, I, as I mentioned in my book, Reality Shifts, like why is this happening? And I noticed because, you know, we're created in the image of the creator, right? So, and the word creator tells you what the creator does and what we are, we are creators. So I think, yes, it's showing us that we're able to literally, as we envision it, move into realities of our own envisioning. And I think that's that we see that very clearly. And another talk at the conference was given by Eva Nye, and she's she does a channel of these mandanimals, which are animals that are very fanciful, and they seem like they're like who's ever seen an animal like this? And she will say that just that they'll show up like in a Dr. Seuss book or something, and then you'll find out no, this animal literally exists now. There is um, a zebra with those kind of stripes. There are trees that have rainbow bark, you know. And these are the kind of things that a lot of Mandela effect um, researchers are noticing that these uh, fictitious, fanciful things of the imagination are appearing in real life. And this is also what the Hopi said would happen um, it was mm -hmm. and predicted. And they're not the only ones, but the, the First Nations people around the world were saying that there will be a time that you'll see animals that never existed before. The Hopi definitely talked about it. And they have that verb-based view of the world. They know yeah. um, that we we create, you know, that we think things into being. So yes, we're becoming creators. It is an expansion of consciousness. This is our tool in our toolkit for humanity right now. This Mandela effect, this creating together. Here's a question I have: What about we're talking about probably close to eight billion people, maybe even north of that at this point on this planet, and relatively speaking, Cynthia. I would say a relative small fraction are in the camp that are understanding, recognizing, recognizing, I always like to say, and birthing into all of what we're talking about, becoming more consciously aware, uh, et cetera. What about them? What about them in this that seem completely oblivious still, even in the midst of all that's going on? Because I feel now it's, it's pretty potent, but there's still a it's lot. It's very of potent. Very potent. You know, I think of you as a lighthouse, and so I think I was saying it privately the other day. But I know Keep that people, private <laughs> people like you. No, but you know, people know your show. They know that they're journeyers. Your show exists, and so literally, um, programs like yours are beacons of uh, possibility. So people will find you or me or other light workers at the right time. And I, I do believe that I believe in that. I, I have faith in that. That. Um, because I know from experience with this Mandela effect that if, if any of us, myself included, try to tell people, this is real, I can convince you, I'll prove it, watch. It doesn't go that well. It really doesn't. You know, even when I first started this before there was so-called the Mandela effect proper, there was no, even Art Bell hadn't called it that yet. Um, mm. I was talking to people about reality shifts and I would see people 
take two giant steps back away from me when I would ask, haven't you seen things appear, disappear, transform, and transport, and changes in the experience of time? I thought it was normal. Um, but that's when I realized, no, people really don't want to hear this. They just want their regular everyday lives. And for, that's why you know, time is going to be so difficult, I think, for so many. You talk about the birth canal being excruciating. It's going to be uh, to the 10th power for those types of individuals. Because let's face it, not everyone's going to find shows like ours, uh, or maybe they don't want to. And that's, again, why I, I feel that perhaps this tumult that we're going through is that birth canal that is going to be as painful or not as you, as your expectation or your, you know, awareness of what's happening. So let's take another Absolutely. question. I'm sorry. Let's take another question. I'm looking at the clock and I know there are people that have questions. Lori. <laughs> this one is from Kathy Ashby. Her question is, how does Cynthia view or describe Project Looking Glass? Is it similar to this? Oh, great question. Thank you, Kathy. Yeah, I've, um, Project Looking Glass is, um, I, I think I may have heard from some ex-previous members of it that contacted me because uh, what it was, I don't think, I don't know that it's still happening, but at, some, at one point, it was a remote viewing of the future project, a hidden secret project in the U.S. government using some kind of secret technology, which I do not have firsthand um, experience or awareness of. Having said that, I did hear from some people that told me that they had been part of a secret time travel research arm of the U.S. government, but were no longer with that part of the government. And each of them separately, they didn't know, I don't know that they knew, they may have known each other, but they, I didn't pursue it. I didn't push back. I didn't chase these little tidbits. They write to me. I let them write to me. They said, each of them, you did not exist. Well, we did not see you before. This is the whole thing is fascinating because I believe that the time travel arm, this investigative arm of the U.S. government, probably did disband because of the chaos and the the noise factor of this ninth wave starting around 2000, it, actually really? 2010, 2011, 2012, and now we're in the thick of it. So it's very difficult to see clearly uh, what's going to happen next. Free will is here because. We, the creators, are co-creating this new reality right now. It's very much what you're saying, Alexis, that mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a new birth. We're giving birth to the new version of human consciousness, collective consciousness together, and we're doing it together. Yeah, yeah. Great question and good answer. Thank you so much. We'll maybe take a couple more. I've got to keep, now that I've got company on the live stream, and this this very, very uh, busy woman has got an, uh, an appointment to, to get to. So we're not going to keep you too much longer, Cynthia, but this has been fantastic. What else do we have? Maybe two more questions, Laurie. Okay. So this one is from Meredith. She says, I find it interesting. I've noticed there are generational differences in the Mandela effect. Have you noticed this as well? Yeah, different. That's a good question. There are different levels to it. Generational differences. Um, it indicates the kinds of things that you see shifting are different. So like those of us who remember things from a long time ago, um, like I remember Larry Hagman died and then he was alive again. But people, yeah, yeah, you remember that. And I write about it in my book, Reality Shifts. I think that was the first documented case of a person alive again before Mandela even. But um so there's that generational factor, but then the gen that when you there's another aspect to it, which I think is part of the question, which I love. Yes, the younger generations, the you know the crystal kids, if you will, the the new generations that are up and coming now, are much more at home and at ease with this Mandela effect. They take it as well. Of course, this happens. They know what it is, and it's not dismissed quite so readily or stepped back from quite so much as people of the like my generation and previous so you know alexis and you and i are very much unusual for our generations <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know we're the front runners and then and right now there are, there are people um, the younger people now they, they'll see different kinds of mandela effects because they're looking at different things they're watching TikTok. they're they're doing stuff i'm not doing but they'll see changes in sure. the areas that they're looking at in the periphery of their awareness they'll see things changing the thing is, if you focus on something, you tend to lock it into place. So then you're not going to be like if you're a subject matter expert in we talked about the, the kidney change. If you're a doctor, you're going to say that's rubbish. I'm a doctor. I would have noticed. No, you wouldn't have noticed. You're a doctor. 
So the trouble is your, your quantum Zeno affecting something so that it doesn't change for you. That one thing is not changing, but you may notice other changes. So well, that's, that. the, that's like the example of the, uh, the lion and the lamb. I mean, my first inclination was go to go to clergy and say, but don't you remember when you said, I couldn't find anyone to do that. At least that I haven't seen in a long time, but that, that's immediately what you think. Because the first thing you want to do is try to justify, okay, what's happening here? I know what I heard. And particularly if there are a whole bunch of other people that feel the same way, there is something going on. So yeah. Uh, have you ever done a survey? I know you've done a ton of surveys, Cynthia, in the past on, on the entire spectrum of reality shifts and beyond. But in terms of that generational demarcation, uh, sort of juxtaposing one age group with another or generation with, a, with another, have you, have you done that or have you thought of doing that or would you like to do that? I'd love to do all kinds of research, which is why we started our 501c3 nonprofit for imec.world, which is our website. And that's why we're doing these conferences. We plan to be a, we plan to build up um, reserves of funds and finances that we can then put into genuine research in these areas because it's been a neglected area. It's been put down. Sure. You know, and and I, I was going to mention earlier that there's a scientist who's often mentioned when the, when people say, oh, it's just a psychological effect. I already told you about Dr. Tony Jinks, and he said that there's no difference with uh, the kind of possible psychological issues he investigated were things like transients, telescoping, areas of commission, which would include suggestibility, illusionary correlation, confirmation bias, perceptual blindness, which in includes inattentional blindness, altered states of consciousness, hallucinations, autohypnosis, and coding errors like absent-mindedness, memory distortion, pre-existing beliefs and loose association. And I also mentioned that's a magician that's having a monthly conversation with Evan Matreya of Moneybags 73 channel. So mm -hmm. these are people that are real memory experts and they, the magician and Evan had, had the expert. They had Dr. Elizabeth Loftus come on the show with them live and she herself remembered Mandela effects. Now that would not um, negate her very, you know, strong bias that humans have faulty memories. So when she herself does, and she remembers the Wizard of Oz, what does the witch say to the monkeys? You know, what, and she remembered probably what you and I remember. Um, do you remember what the witch said to, when she's getting the monkeys to fly? She wants to, to go, oh, you know. Uh, you, we're going to put... <laughs> No. Yes, I do. But it's not going to come to me. Ask the journeyers. Do you remember what I, I can see the scene? I see she's pointing and yeah. she's waving her. Yeah. But why don't you yeah, just tell us? Fly, my pretties fly is what many fly. of us remember. That's yeah. not what she's, that's never what she said, apparently. What, even what? Elizabeth Loftus said, like, fly my pretty. It's just something banal. I can't even remember it offhand, but it's like, um, like fly or it's, it's just so lacking in the whole evil queen thing it's it's like fly my pretties fly you know there, there's something to that that now I, I i can't even remember what it is now see i i have problems sometimes like whatever it is now it's so wrong <laughs> so yeah it's like, well, you know there's there's a great example speaking of of uh the film industry and, and movies that we know that are classics and of course one of the most one of the most famous mandela effect ish things is uh, mirror mirror on the wall with what was right. the snow white right yeah, and white. The, the contention is that no it was never mirror mirror it's magic mirror on the wall okay fine let's say that's the case why is it that a major i don't know if i should be naming the advertiser i think i shall not but a major let's just say appliance company does a takeoff on that scene and it has to do with um you know selfies let's just say and so this person is looking in the mirror and she goes mirror mirror on the wall selfie or something like that or some, right but my point is a major why? agency why would they say have the script read mirror mirror versus magic yeah. mirror if that wasn't the case to me that is very revelational a major ad absolutely. agency and i absolutely before all this happened and i got wrapped up in other things i thought i'm going to track down that ad agency find out who that was and question them. I still might do that actually, journeyers. I'll let you know. But yeah, so clearly there is, an, there is a ubiquitous memory thing going on where uh, collective memory, it's not just right. a few people here and there. No, so. and it's not. And sometimes people hear what it's supposed to be and then they change over to that. And um, part, because I love this, this Mandela effect so much, I think that's part of why sometimes like with this fly, my pretties fly, I can't even remember what it's supposed to be. 
because I'm kind of happy. Like, good, we do remember that because I remember that. Uh, I, I've seen Wizard of Oz several times. You know, some people see it a lot. And, and, and like you said, Snow White, that's a huge movie. Yeah. And that's a very clear case of reality. Res they call it reality residue. The people looking into, you know, finding examples of this to prove like we're not the only ones that remember it this way. Right. So, yeah. Excellent. Really amazing. Amazing. My dear, you've got to go. I'm watching the clock for you. So we're going to wrap up unless there's any more questions that that uh, or maybe one more question, Laurie, that Cynthia could answer real quick. Possibly, I can give her that, but I just wanted to let you know, I was Googling furiously, so here it is. One of the most popular quotes from the movie is, fly my pretties fly, which the wicked witch of the West tells her winged monkeys. The truth is, she never said that. She says, fly, fly, fly. So Cynthia, you were right. And, and who would ever, I mean, that's not even quotable. Fly, fly, fly. Fly, fly, fly. <laughs> right. So, people were guessing in the chat that that was it as yeah. well. So, uh, um, I don't think we have any questions that are short. So I see we'll one. Send those to Cynthia and we'll, put, we'll drop those in the comments because they're pretty complex. Yeah, I'm looking at Kathy. Did the Philadelphia experiment really happen? Kathy, Kathy, I will tell you that's a show in and of itself, my dear. And it might be one that we could literally have do an episode on that. That's a highly contentious issue still to this day. I remember my parents uh, reading the book and discussing it. And uh, there, there are lots of uh, pros and cons to the story, uh, all equally valid. It's a whole other subject area, but it does touch what, what we're talking about today. So but Kathy, short, we get to that. The answer is all these possible bubble reality, uh, reality bubbles, they all can coexist. So it's possible that it does exist, but it also can be disproven. So it's kind of, we're getting into this area where reality is not what we thought it was. And well, I call it the, the Mandela paradox. Effect. Yeah. The reality paradox. And I, we are I creators and we can choose, are we creating with love? Or are we creating into this fear? You know, are we pointing, are we part of that drama triangle? And if we're pointing fingers like they did this to me, so I'm going to do that to them. If you get caught up in that, you know, what's, what are you really creating? So we're given an opportunity to take a look at this. <laughs> I love it's a it. big question. Yeah. Good question. So I like to, that's why I like to ask how good can it get? It's a, how good can it get? And I think it's really all about asking the questions. Let's try to take our foot off the gas pedal of adopting something and being unrelenting about it and being humble and saying, I'm just going to keep asking questions. Investigate the mystery, I say. And Cynthia Sue Larson, you're one that does it so beautifully. Speaking of Cynthia and more chats, we're not going to do an after show today because we just went live. But if you haven't gone over to Patreon to see our whole network, a growing list of uh, after shows, we did do an after show, Cynthia. The last uh, show you were on, we went over to Patreon and we talked more about Mandela effects. And if I recall, it was a pretty neat conversation. So if you feel so inclined, go on over to patreon.com forward slash higher journeys. The link is in the description below. We'd love to see you there. And also subscribe if you haven't. You see what kind of conversations we're having. And I am so pumped about this uh Streamyard, so there'll be more of this coming. So, thank you, Cindy. Thank you so much. We're gonna uh, say ta ta for now. And journeyers, thank you as always. I love you. And guess what? We'll see you. We're gonna do another show this Friday coming up. We're gonna be talking about. We're actually gonna do a pickup on the conversation that we left off with, having to do with encoded emotion. I'm also gonna be talking about some of the things that Daryl and Daryl Anka and I talked about relative to Bashar's forecast about all that's happening right now. So. Be sure to join us this Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific. And before I have a complete meltdown, this I was pretty good today. The light's heavy. It's still hot as can be. <sighs> and it's but it's been wonderful. So thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cynthia Sue Larson. And we'll oh, thank you so time. much. Yeah. I love you much. <laughs> love you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks again. Take care. <laughs>